If you're confused, imagine how I'm feeling. <laughs> Where was your brother's arm? episode of the Fellowship of the Tabletop. We are a live play 5e D&D podcast set in the magical world of Erith. My name is Mark. I am the Dungeon Master. We are currently knee-deep in Helena's mind. Claude and Helena entered into her mind to save her from whatever is happening in there. We've entered into a bit of a maze. So far we've come across uh, Sebastian Sleekard, her brother, and her dad, King Leopold Sleekard II. We also came across a book on a plinth that said the world away, and Helena did what all good adventurers do. She touched the book which transported them both into an all-out war where we find ourselves deep in uh, the territory of the undead with a recognisable tower in the distance. The two players ran towards it, uh, fighting off incalculable numbers of the undead upon the way. She also saw her brother shouting for her to go and stab the book, stab the book. She ran towards these massive doors Helena did with Claude following close behind and launching a couple of AoE spells at the same time. They came across these massive, massive doors of the tower with swirling energy above it in a massive circle. These huge 50-foot doors. Claude, there is no undead around mm-hmm. you. The doors are in front of you. You hold a dagger and this book that says the world away upon it. I'll just, uh, yeah, sort of brush past and almost put an arm near Helena to sort of say, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then I'm just going to ram into the door. You're going to ram? Like, not like full power, but should I go as like a... a an accelerated push. It's kind of like not like a Batman round, like <laughs> Toy Story style. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more, more like Aragon entering <laughs> in the beacons of Lake. Yeah. 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 They open and they creak open, and what you both see suddenly, doors swing slowly with weight open, and below you is this within this tower. It seems to be almost be like a TARDIS. It seems bigger on the inside now than it's on the outside, but there's nothing above. All there is is below. You see this monolithic chasm, deep and wide, filled with groans and screams of these weird ethereal figures tr- crawling up and out, crawling up the, jar- the dark, jagged, fire-scorched walls of this rift. Deep below, you see a huge, shimmering portal where these ephemeral souls seem to be coming from. You'd both recognise Helena only from the very distance in the, in the Blackmouth Mines, Claude from the now two times you've come across them, these portals which seem to allow these undead creatures, but this is on a scale unfathomable you've this portal is the size of like a football pitch Mm -hmm. and it's only probably about 400 meters below you so it's 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 huge this is huge what do you want to do can we see the lightning the colorful lightning storms Uh, when you look up yeah no you just see darkness above you you can't even see the outsides of the walls of this tower now you just see the darkness above you. But as you look back, you can see the undead mm. starting to make their way out. And you yeah, can see everything still going I'm on. I'm just going to give you... Mm. Could I do... This is the worst person. Just, could I, looking at the dagger, try and put two and two together and figure out, is this the Onyx Reaver? Because Onyx is black mm. and we know it's a dagger. Give me a history check. <sighs> Minus one modifier here. Oh, but a natural 20. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so 19. 19, <laughs> You very quickly look down. This isn't a dagger that's used for combat. This is a uh, dagger that is used for symbolic gestures. 
uh, kind of like the I call them weapons, but the things the Queen holds, mm. they were the symbolic mm. items of an ancient cause. Mm. This dark, dark stone seems to form this dagger, and it's made of stone as well. It seems to be also wrapped in a kind of metal that goes around the hilt and then also up to the blade a little further. Old, ornate dagger used for some kind of... Oh, yeah, exactly the same yeah. thing. It also looks like a flick knife. Yeah, sure, you're going to stab you up, bitch. Save the album. Get the girl. Uh, uh, yes, you very much. You, you can, you, you're almost certain, Claude. And you're not very certain about a lot mm. of things, but you're almost certain that this is the Onyx Reaver. Mm-hmm, okay. And then you also remember back to when Kelsan spoke about what you needed back in Evershire. You remember him speaking about what you needed to stab. You needed to stab some kind of book of faith or book of religion or a holy text. One of the the major religions. Mm. And you remember, again, you're old enough to 20, so you're 19, so yeah. that's pretty damn good. You remember the faith of Mixoas was yeah. the reason for the Great Flame, all the problems that happened in the past. Technically, yeah. they would be one of the major religions, and you can make two and two together. This book doesn't look good. Something feels demonic and uh, otherworldly about it. The okay. color of the world away seems to ring a bell. Okay. You don't know where from, but you start to put these things together. The energy from the book, the room it was in, the plinth it was stood on, the, all these things start to fly at you, and yes, you assume... You now have the tools in front of you. Okay. I'm just going to panic. Do it! Put the, put the pointy in the book! Do it! Do it! Do it! Okay. Do it! Do and it, she do does. Gets the, gets the dagger and puts it straight in the spine of this book. Oh, she no, opens no. it out straight in the spine. And as you open it up, this sudden ah, screaming starts coming out. Ah. And as you stab it into the book, the book, you let go of it as they both become incredibly hot all of a sudden into the, into the abyss. And it starts to fall down and fall down and fall down. And before you can see it land, you look up to your hands and you see this black start to infect and move slowly up both your hands moving up further and further as it gets to your elbows you start to feel a cold start to enter into your body and do, you want to do, do I see this happening yeah, do I see, see this is the cast great restoration on her straight away it, it pushes it back and then starts moving up with a more try it again pushes it back and then burning the spell slots and it goes up again and comes in even yeah, up to the, up up to the shoulders at this point it's up to the shoulders and but suddenly as the book reaches the bottom there's this pulse of energy a kind of a warm radiant energy and suddenly the smell of rosemary returns to your nose again Helena the cold seats to, start to take over your body slightly and as you look down you see the portal flicker and suddenly and suddenly it disappears, all the ephemeral souls disappear, and suddenly your vision goes dark, and your hand is reached out, and you pull your hand back, and you can see the plinth smoking, with this book now burnt to a cinder in front of you as you are back in your mind, back in the maze. Oh, wow. And you're stood next to her. You still feel the damage of combat. I'm probably just slumped down onto the stone floor, taking a few deep breaths, looking at my hands, trying to figure out where this what this black trying to figure out where did it go how did it get from being black and smoked or you know however the, the cold running through it and to just to just leaving me there's a really nice picture there of like Claude with glowing hands pressing into uh, Helena with his like jet black hands yeah and yeah, yeah. this yeah yeah or like uh, Voldemort and Harry Potter's mm, yeah, wands going back too, and forth yeah yeah, yeah. oh god Claude what what was that? What did I do? I don't know, but you, you sorted it out. We're not in that place no more. We're back in the first place. With yeah, the dark but... whispers, with the nice smells. Well, where were we? What what happened? Did, did What did we destroy? I think, I think we destroyed a great big portal. And that portal was bigger than the ones we've seen before. 
But was that of the past or was that of the present? Uh, there was the citadel and I, I, I don't understand how it was once there, but years ago and it didn't, it doesn't look like that. It, it was none of my memories. That there was things that I didn't, uh, how could I have created them? I, I'm so confused. If you're confused, imagine how I'm feeling. <laughs> Where was your brother's arm? Oh, that was a an injury thing, a war thing. Oh. You'd have to ask him when you meet him again. I will. Why did... Oh, and... Oh, they were so violent. There were so many of them. And we didn't destroy them all outside of the gates. I... I don't know what happened to them. Did you did you see what happened to the outside of the of that place no. that we were in? Once your arms went weird, I just focused on them and then poof, we're here. Thank you, Claude. I think you had Onyx Reaver. I think that was that dagger. The, the dagger was Yeah, it was Onyx coloured and it was like, you know, a ceremonial thing, not an actual weapon. But that's what we were looking for, or, or you were looking for. Why did why did I dream of it? It makes me think that maybe we saw the future and we saw the moment that we might have sorted the blight. Surely not. This is a dream as we've sort of established. Yeah, but it's what I dream about is ending the blight. Maybe it's something that we, yeah, that we, that we hope for, that we... But now we know what it looks like. We know that there's but a where big... where did it come from? I was... Yeah, but maybe we get it. Maybe maybe we were going to get it before we had to go into your mind. Yes. Maybe we were going to get it, and in the future what we saw was a vision of you and I making sure that we did the thing with the knife, with the Onyx Reaver and the Bookie Wook. Wow. Uh, Robin won't be best pleased. <laughs> um, but oh, maybe that was the future, and maybe you were in the blight. I quite think that's magical. But we're not back to reality. This is still in my mind, so we still haven't achieved what we should do. Well, why don't we get out of this maze, and then we can try and find our friends. But if that was a vision of the future, why was it only me and you? I don't know. Where are they? I don't know. I won't be touching that again, though. No, is the book still on in that chamber? It's now just a smaller pile of ash. And is the plinth and pedestal around it got the same charge uh, energy that it had before? Is it like all our dormant? No, no, it's still, it's still, it still has that charged feeling of energy in the room behind. Yeah, I'm gonna just scoop up. This is the other thing I wanted to find out. I'm gonna scoop up some of the ash that's there to mm -hmm. see that if we do escape somehow, if that ash still. If that ash you. comes with me as well. Sure. Yep, you, you physically can pick it yeah. up. You can grab I'm it. I'm going to make a little space ash. in my pocket and I'm going to just leave the ash. No problem. But, yeah, the, but the dagger is nowhere to be seen. The dagger is nowhere to be seen. And the book is not. Since you dropped them, the last thing you remember is dropping them and then you return back to this, this world, this, this place. But if we dropped the book, how can it still be here? Maybe we haven't found it yet. Maybe this is just ash from all the deadies that you destroyed with your flailing. I saw it was very impressive. Claude, do you think if that blackness had engulfed me, I would have died? Yeah, but I wouldn't let that happen. But what if you couldn't have stopped it? 
I know a guy, he deals with people who are dead. Probably if I prayed and gave another eternity of servitude, I could get you back. I hope a little bit. I wouldn't want to put that on you or your face. I serve your family and... You did? I always will. Okay. I'm here in your dream. That's beyond the call of duty. Yes, I, I can't argue with that. Have you seen many nights in your dream? No. Dream about that fancy felstrop? No, I'm here. <laughs> I suppose you're right. I will uh, protect you. I don't know you. why I, I don't have an answer, but here you are. I... Something happened to me a long time ago, and I stopped being a regular person what takes people's heads off for an occupation, and I started being very interesting things would happen to me. Well, shall we continue with the maze and yes. figure out how to get out of this hellhole? I think that's a wonderful idea. Although, I'm quite happy being here than I, more so than I was at the other place that we were just in. I thought that this was terrifying when we first arrived. At least we'll know what to expect. Uh, if yes. that was a vision of the future, we'll know, we'll know what it looks like. We'll know what that flashy red lightning means. We'll know to go to that place that has a name I can't pronounce, but it doesn't sound like... It sounds like Old Sleek Guardian. Svenjenberg. Sven... Svenkenberg. Svensberg. That's the one. Svensberg. We know that that's a place that we might be able to find it. I don't like to think that it was the future. Well, it wasn't the past. I, I know. I think it's just all sorts of... Ideas built up into one, maybe. maybe. Maybe we've created it together. I don't know how. Maybe. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it as a good sign. Okay. I think if we take it as a bad sign, this place will get even scarier. <laughs> and, yeah, cautiously and probably not really taking in everything that Claude's saying and not truly believing it either because she doesn't feel very positive about it. She's going to get up off the floor and uh, peer into the northern, just round the corner of the northern exit to that um, that little room that we we're in. Yeah, no problem. Wait, princess. What? What if we just ended the blight? Uh, then I think we'd take back. You know, we'd 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 return to reality. I don't think we'd still be here, Claude. But this might be a little. What if it just happened? What if the blight literally just finished at this moment? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, this is a pointless <laughs> conversation, Claude. We've got to get out to see... Yes, let's get out and see if we did end the blight. Well, we need to see where our friends are and... Yes. Oh, and figure out how to move forward. Yes, let's hope they're not jumping off any more cliffs without us. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. We got dark. Anyway, um... I said that. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what? <laughs> Let's go. You see the doorway, the, the, the entrance of the hallway to the north, and uh, you see it about five feet. Uh, there's a wall, and then you can take a left turn. The left turn seems to almost match up back to where you come. You can you've kind of figured that bit out. Mm -hmm. So the, it kind of loops back on itself, a pointless part of the maze. Funnily enough, at uh, the doorway, the hallway in front of you, there does the same thing. There's five feet, and then you can go left or right. What would you like to do? We're peering. I assume we're peering. Yeah, we're peering. See, I was going to go... So, Sorry, can I just ask if this here 
here's a doorway. Uh, just, just to, to the, the right, right of me. north yeah. of the plinth. No, that is not. That's just a little bit of uh, okay. design that I put on the. Uh, okay, so I'm going to continue north then, um, and I'm going to go right. Yep, because left is a dead end. Yep, so and yeah. as you look down to the right corridor, it seems to stretch on quite Ooh. a long way. You have two larger entrances on the north, one that comes across you first and one last, and then two to the south that come second and third. So you've kind of got two to the north, two to the south. Um, you can kind of walk and peer if you want to do that first and just see what's just get open up your field of vision slightly for each of those, or you can just pick one and go for it. It's um, up to you guys. Are the noises back again? The whispers yes, and yes, things. sorry, yeah, the noise of the whispering, yep, okay. the, um, the sea shanty has returned, and the smell of rosemary is yep. uh, strong, as well as the smell of lavender, and this weird acidic smell that every now and then, but for no apparent reason, seems to enter both your noses at okay. different times. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna take a walk on the world there. Um, I'm going to take a walk right to the end of that path mm -hmm. and peer in to the both the north and the south um, points just to see how they look. Okay, and as you look down each of the corridors, you notice one to the north, both of them to the north seem to connect. Okay. Um, but also carry on to the east once you've gone north. One, The first one to the south ends in a dead end about mm -hmm. 20 metres further down. The second one goes off slightly longer, further off into the distance out of your vision that you can see with your torch. Uh, but it does seem to open up on the east side slightly further down, but you can't quite see what that does. As you take that, that north turn, you hear a rumble. Both of you in the ground starts to shake slightly and it grows and grows. And suddenly, out of the darkness to the east, the doorway to the east, so the hallway to the east yeah. that you can't see, but now you can see because I've just shown you it, um, that bursts through what at first seem like rocks, but very quickly you realise they're not rocks, they are heads. Oh, each recently severed, each human, each still bleeding. Expressions of pain, anguish, guilt, betrayal, anger, resentment and calmness start to pile off these faces, each of them rolling on towards you. Helena, you recognise none of these faces. Claude, you recognise all of them. Mm. You recognise all of these. These are the heads of Claude's work in the sleep guard. As your, your conscious and dreams start to kind of cross over, this is something that Helena, you are seeing, but this is Claude... This is Claude's mm -hmm. world, really. And they pile through. They're almost three deep. Almost you have to literally kind of up to the knee, kind of wade uh -huh. through them, and it kind of fills the area you're in quite quickly, but from nowhere in particular, they just seem to fill the space, and you can feel the weight on your legs as you try and pull yourself around them. What do you want to do? Is that... I mean, that's Nigel. Yeah, you can see Nigel... Uh, and um, you cut his head off. Oh, I think that's Nels the deserter. I think that oh, there's a few Dralak ones. Yeah. Do you notice few that it crossed the border to the north of Dralak into Silicon, which is a punishable offence by death? Yeah. So Helena, although it's quite shocking because it wasn't something that she expected to happen, um, she's seen dead bodies before. She's seen severed limbs and possible heads and all sorts of things within her time. Um... So she is going to just hold her breath and wade through and ignore Claude's mumbling mm -hmm. to the heads that's, that's that are on the floor. Sure, and you're going, are you going to be corridor Yeah, I'm going to, gonna, yeah. As you always get through these, and they do seem to end rather abruptly into a couple of teetering heads, as you're about ten feet away from the end of the heads, uh, as you kind of knee through one of them, knee, knee one of them to move out of the way, it kind of rolls over and you recognise this head. Um, you see the small face of a gnome blistered with scorch marks and an expression of pain. This is Folly's head. Oh. I'll, I'll go to pick it up, 
but then drop it again. Yeah, and it feels real, it feels heavy, it feels like a head and it thuds back down onto the others. Yeah, so she sort of, um, and she'll sort of clutch at her chest and step back into the wall. What is it? It's, it's, uh, um, it's, it's folly. Where? Uh, his... We out? His head. Oh. And she'll just point at Folly's head. Oh, no. No, I, I don't understand, Claude. You didn't kill him. We didn't execute No, this he one. wanted to kill me. I don't know what to do. I do. This. I do. I do. I'm going to pick up very delicately. I'm going to place my thumbs on the temples and I'm going to speak with dead. Oh, my God. Okay. The eyes roll from back in the head forward and round and it looks at you for a second. The face of anguish disappears and then... Hello! Polly! Hello! What are you doing here? Yes, very good. Folly! <laughs> Why are you dead? Congratulations to you too! Thank you! Why are you dead, Folly? What? Why are you dead? What? You're dead. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you! I don't know why. Why are you dead? And the eyes roll back into the head as it remains back a skull again. I think it's our mind slash my mind playing tricks on us, Claude. Just put it down and we need to move on. As you do that and you're kind of looking away from Claude, you realise that a few more of the heads around you you recognise. You see the head of Robin. Bruised face, black-eyed, an expression of anger on his face. You see the head of Karstan, signs of torture can be seen on his face. Tear, a tear marks running down his cheeks through the bloodstain uh, that adorn them. And you come across the solemn expression of a dragonborn head deep in the pile right at the end. Uh, the scars and deep blue eyes that match that of Drago, his expression is calm and almost at ease. And... Do you want, sorry, do you want to do anything with those heads? Are you going to do eyes? Oh, no, I think I'll, I'll, I'm going to scoop them up. I can though. do all their voices here. <laughs> no, please don't make them laugh. No, there is an alternative universe where I pursued lengthy conversations of, well, well of if you can call what we just had conversation, uh, dialogues, if you will. Um, but yeah, I will just start to scoop up all the ones. Um, no Tali. Do you want an investigation to have a look for it? Yeah. Do you want to give it a roll for investigation? We've got everyone else but Tali. And, and you, Elthir. And you and I. And Elthir. You and I aren't there. I wasn't looking for myself yet. Maybe that penny will drop shortly. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for uh, Elthir and Tally as well. Okay. Twelve. You look around for Elthir's head and um, it's nowhere to be seen. You remember back this style of hair, his brown hair, and you try and look for that in and amongst the heads. And you turn a few over, no, no, oh, every now and then you notice another one. And you try and explain it to Helena, who just looks a bit mm. aghast that you're collecting the heads of your comrades. Uh, no elf ahead, and but further back in the room where you'd come from, you do see a small tuft of orange hair. Um, sure. Further along, you do notice that. Do you want to go grab it? Or yeah, need to be it? sure. And yeah, you pull it up, and it is indeed the head of Tali. Uh, her eyes are closed, her face is expressionless. Uh, suddenly, the eyes open, and it's this deep, deep, the, the kind of piercing blue eyes that she has they open and her mouth <gasps> opens in a second and as you kind of shake back in, anger, in in shock of this all the heads just disappear almost as it totally gone no ash no smoke no nothing just 
disappear like it was it was never there and you, you're left in this empty corridor. So all the five beds I was holding. All the heads gone. you've collected gone and all that you can see now is this lengthy corridor off from where you've been in a small uh, 10 foot by 15 foot space that was once filled with the heads of your friends and of your past is now totally empty again. Claude, I told you, it's messing with our minds. It's not real. Yeah. We need to press on. It's trying to taunt us, and I I don't know why. Let's get out of here fast. Yes. I've had enough of seeing my friends without heads. Well, you, you saw them. You saw their heads. You didn't see their bodies. I've seen enough of seeing my friends without their bodies. Yes. <laughs> I do miss Robin's shiny legs. Ooh. She's going to ignore that comment and just run on. <laughs> and as you get to the end of the Eastern Corridor, you turn the corner, to, it moves to the south quite quickly, 15 feet, and you're at another dead end. There's nothing there. So she's quite angry now because because of what's just happened and it was quite traumatising to, to see people that she knew um, and not, ha- you know, not have a reason why they were there. Um, she's going to sort of push the wall a little bit, just really quite annoyed, and then turn back on herself and run quite frantically now past Claude, down to the south, and keep running to the south, and not even peering in, she's just going to turn to the right. There's a small alcove there on your your left, actually, as you run down, so it's to the east, this alcove is uh, there. And as you come around the corner, and you are, you're huffing your puppy out of it, and as you come around the corner, the sun bright like just pushes you both back, and for a second, a number of visions quickly pop through both your heads, and you both see these. Maybe you don't both know it, but you see these. Um, for some reason, you both see, you're both there very quickly, um, the image, a painting of Helena when she was younger. You, again, know it, you don't recognise, but you know it. Stood with two males either side that are a bit older. You assume these are both the brothers. Helena, you recognise it as Lucian, and Sebastian stood either side of you. Lucian standing tall and uh, rather mus- rather athletic even at a young yeah. age uh, to your over your left shoulder and Sebastian you're kind of holding on your knee on your right sh- on your right knee um, kind of showing your family line there quickly uh, the painting erupts into flame and through that woof, you see the palace in Goldview where your family lives and resides you see ahead of you figures fighting guards family friends of yours that defend have defended your family for years you sprint past them and kick a door and you see a four-poster bed, the bedroom of your parents, and you see a body lying in bed. You run over to it and reach into your pocket, pulling out some orange crystals, which you crush into your hand and in an instant, literally stuff your face into your hand and sniff deeply, and you then instantly fall to the ground at the foot of the bed. That image quickly peels away, and Claude, you've seen it from almost Helena's point of view as well. You've been there in her, in her point of view watching this take place. You're suddenly in a prison cell. You're not sure which one of you this is. And you're sat opposite a, a tiefling that looks like he has leprosy. His skin has literally fallen away, and he's smiling and laughing with you as you say something funny. He slaps his knee uh, and then reaches into his pocket and pulls out a jar. And in that jar seems to be this swirling energy. And you recognise the style of energy as the same creatures that were trying to get out of the rift within this jar. And he points to it and points to himself and puts it back in his pocket and lets out another raucous laugh um, before lying back down in his bed. You can see his kind of decaying skin, yellowed eyes, teeth and nails, like he's, he's dying almost. But he seemed incredibly upbeat and then back on his bed and fell asleep. 
The image then shifts a third time and you see a mountainous range that you've never experienced before, that you've never seen before, and you see this creature stood atop a mountain, lightning cracking meteors flying in overhead, red, a red sea in the distance, and seemed like lava falling from the sky, but you can see trees and life and mortal realm around you. This creature with black, dark, total jet black skin, ancient armor, huge, um, Swayed sword fighting, you can't see their faces, but fighting someone, fighting good, fighting good in some way. And he's laughing at this as it's happening. As he swings up and slashes across the throat of this creature in front of them, and the image then disappears again. And suddenly you're back in the small alcoved space. So you've just come back in from that series of visions, those three very quick visions that you both experienced at the same time. Mm -hmm. The first one uh, of your mother mm -hmm. and you, this orange powder, mm -hmm. uh, rocks at first, it crushed into a powder and ingested. The second of the, gosh, the I've forgotten the, the prison, prison cell with the tiefling laughing, the, the yellow skin and teeth and, and eyes. The jar and of energy. Jar of energy. And the last one, this uh, dark kind of uh, jet black creature stood up a mountain fighting off these people that seem to be nearby and cutting one throat uh, before laughing violently. Were they humans, by the way? You could make out humanoid shapes and okay. you couldn't see anything else. Your vision was more upon this, mm. this, this creature. Yeah, creature, yeah. Have you seen them? Have you seen it before? No. No, you haven't. It's fine. Eventually everyone will see them. <laughs> Yay! So you've come out, poof, back out of that and you're back in this small space again away from that vision, the corridor leading to the south. And again, it's kind of taking you back slightly, you're a little bit out of breath as you kind of regain your senses again, back into this uh, goddamn maze. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to rub my face. Um, Claude, did you just see what I saw? I saw something spooky. Was it your memories? I don't know. Or what did you see? Um, I saw your mother. So that wasn't your memories. I saw my mother too. I saw a man in a prison cell. Yes, I I did too. I don't know who I was looking through uh, the eyes of though. I, it wasn't me. It wasn't a memory that I've had. Maybe there's someone else's. Well, then this black creature on on top of a tower or something fighting a a group of humanoids. Did you see I that too? I saw that too. <sighs> what? Is this place that's making me think about these moments that probably aren't even my own memories? Could Ma could there be could they be moments that could be? Well, hopefully. What was or this orange crystal that was in? I haven't seen anything like that before. Could that be the um, Keltrad? This is what you're looking for, Keltrad. Keltrad. Keltred, yes. Yeah. A plant. You're I've, looking for it. But I thought it was a plant. And I didn't expect it to be in the shape or the form of crystals. Maybe it isn't or... a plant. I was told it was. Shall we continue? Let's get out of here. We don't have any answers yet. It's hard to think when there's still so much darkness ahead. <sighs> I agree. Okay. Would you like me to go first? Or do you want to go first? I will go first. Okay. To the south. To the south. To the south. As you head down to the south, you see a, a ten, ten foot wide gap to the 
east of you to your left that you could enter into, or the corridor continues down to the south. What would you like to do? This is draining me, Claude. I'm frustrated and I'm angry. I don't know which way to turn. Let's just get out. Heads or tails? Heads. I'm going to... That sounds bad to say now after the (laughs) experiences that we've just had, Claude. (sighs) Still, I'll go with it. I think maybe I've just become immune to it after 30 odd years of decapitation. I suppose you have. It's just like tying up your boots. What was the outcome, Claude? Oh, I haven't flipped a coin yet. (laughs) Heads, we go left. Tails, we go right. Evens as heads, tails. So that's odds. Odds was tails. We're going to go south. Okay, I will keep going. And I've got a bit more of a pace in my step again now. As you walk past the doorway to the right, you do see a little bit into it and you can see a pathway leading through. The room seems to open up slightly there. Uh, And you're moving south down past that. Um, You see a small doorway to your right and the path stop further ahead and turn violently to the left, so to the east. Uh, Are we going closer towards anything that's making... Uh, my sense of smell more intense or my hearing more intense or is it all the same? Could you give me a perception check please, Helen? Yeah. 12. Nothing seems to really change from what you can experience. Okay. Keep going, princess. I'm going to keep going with some pace. Right, down to the south, you turn yeah. the corner to the other way uh, and it's a dead end. Well, shit. What about this door? Sorry, it's not a, door, it's a doorway, it's a hallway, another entrance. Oh, to, to, door. to the west? To the west, yeah. And um, what about that one? There you see a small bit of a passageway that again turns left and right, going kind of back towards the central portion of this area. Um, I think we should go back to where we were, back to the You north. don't think we should investigate this further, this not, pathway? Not yet. The, the, the stuff we didn't like was sort of that way... Why don't we just go back to the open room? Okay, yes, I'll follow you. Thank you, Princess. So you're going back to the previous space you passed further up, okay? Open space. And you're going inside? Yep. As you do, you enter into a large room. This is almost the same size as the previous room which you had the plinth in. The majority of the room is empty. There is a hallway leading off to the south, uh, one through the room to the east. But then looking south, you notice something odd. You see, as you look up, a ladder that seems to go on for about 30 or 40 feet upwards. Upon that is a kind of platform being held by rickety bits of wood, and upon that seems to be a second kind of level, almost like a mezzanine Mm -hmm, level, mm -hmm. if you could have a mezzanine in this maze um, above you. You can't see anything apart from that. You can see the wood seems solid, the ladder seems solid, uh, but you cannot see what is upon it from where you currently stand. Am I climbing it, or are you? Um, I'm quite heavy and clumsy. Would you like me to go first, though? No, I'll I'll go. You check out the north. Okay. So I'll climb up the stairs and the ladder. Claude, as you check out the north, you come to another dead end and the corner. Uh, What are you doing after that, Claude? Are you staying down? I'm just going to keep my eye on the spot they did and just come back and keep an eye on. At at the base? Yep. Uh, Helena, you pull yourself up the wooden, tall wooden ladder uh, to the platform that sits about 30 feet above you, but as you get closer to the top, um, the ladder seems to continue to stretch, and every rung you reach for, there seems to be another one added as you keep going further and further. And as I can imagine, from that inhalation of breath, Casey, I can imagine she's getting rather pissed off at this Mm -hmm. whole thing, and you can move a little faster, move a little faster, and finally you do manage to actually get grab a hold of those cords, that top rung that seems to keep eluding you, Mm -hmm. and you pull yourself up 
after what seems an age. Uh, you see her seated humanoid stood, sat, sorry, he's seated. Seated humanoid sat on this small space on the wooden decking with kind of dark, again, these etchings on the ceiling high above. So, sorry, is he sat on a stool sat or something? A, uh, an old wooden chair. Okay. An old wooden chair. He has uh, jet black skin. He's got yellow eyes, ancient armour, uh, and a single pauldron on one shoulder. A crown of razor-sharp black horns jut out from his skull. He sits cross-legged, as in one leg over the other, not cross-legged like a child, mm. like... Um, <laughs> one leg over the other, like you would yeah. in... I don't know how to describe it. How do you describe that? Uh, one leg crossed yeah, over the other yeah. in a very kind of, like, laid-back yeah, kind of way. Yeah, yeah. He sits, legs crossed, leaning back on an old wooden chair, and he has... He's leaning his kind of wrist on a long black sword that's waved, it has a kind of wave to it. And you can see along the tip of each side of this waved sword, uh, some kind of liquid seems to always drip down around the edge of this blade towards the, the base. The tip is in the ground, pretty much. He's resting his hand on the pummel, on the, on the hilt of the sword. Behind him, you see two blood-red doors, and the whispers return. These seem to now fill the air, almost, as he sits there. The face is staring at you as you make your way up the ladder. I've seen you in a vision. Who are you? I've seen you for quite some time. What is it, Helena Sleepguard, that you most fear? I... I suppose I'm fearing you quite a bit at the moment. I, I don't know who you are. I've given you no reason to fear me, have I? Or have I? Sebastian? Your brother. <sighs> it's funny where the mind goes at times of trouble. No, I am not your brother. And I'm... Claude, and you hear it echo down Claude. Hello. Voice. What happens when you defeat the Blight? What purpose will you take? Do you really think Akiva will have much use for you? Once the souls of the dead are returned and he gains back the power of a god, why would he need a mortal with such blind ignorance and faith, faith, faithness echoes down to you? Oh, that's up to him. He's the master. He makes the rules. And um, you can't see this, but Helena, you see him kind of silently laugh and shake his head. <gasps> Princess, who are you chatting to up there? You can join me if you like, Lord. Don't like the look of that ladder. I don't know who it is. He's guarding doors. Why don't you ask him his name? What is your name? How best to describe to you my name? I could just give it to you, but where's the fun in that? And he thinks for a second, and he twists the, the, the sword he has in the ground, and he spins it from the pummel and moves his hand away as the sword continues to spin. So he crosses his hands and places a finger on his chin before reaching out and stopping it spinning, resting his hand back on it again. He pulls up the sword and runs his fingers along the edge of this long, I mean, it's a long sword by any other. You realise now this creature isn't a normal sized. He's about nine, ten foot tall. Mm -hmm. Runs his fingers along this shaped, waved blade. My name is Grazet. And if any of you needed to write that down... <laughs> oh, how do you spell it? I've got it there somewhere, I'm sure. G. R A. Yeah, then apostrophe. Z I T. Z T. Oh, Z T. 
Okay, great. As he says that, you suddenly hear a scream from behind one of the doors, the door to the left. It's muffled, it's unmistakable, it's your mother. Why are you guarding the door? You have a choice to make Kellen a sleep guard, one that only you will know. The sands of time slip through your fingers and you will not have the speed to help both your mother and fight back the blight. You're going to have to make a choice. Oh, I'm supposed to help you give you enough time to make that choice. Please, come up, Claude, and he claps his hands back together hard and instantly you just appear in front, in front, next to Helena, directly up there. You've been, like, yanked up all of a sudden next to him and you see the same figure, this this, uh, jet-black-skinned creature sat down on this wooden stool with a massive sword. Thank you, Grazel. Grizz-tip. Grizz tip. He just smiles at you in all your attempts to speak. Grimblum. Scrimsh. Sh- Thank you, Grimsh. I didn't much like the idea of that laddery do. You're welcome, Claude. Do you live here? No. Inside Helena's mind? Who would want to? Not me. We think we've seen the end of the blight. Yes. Did you put that there? He kind of reaches his hands up and shrugs, rests his hand back on his sword. So what decision is this I'm making? Two doors are behind me. Each one represents the choice you will make, the choice you must make at some point. This will not happen now, but represents what you will perhaps choose, if unless you change your mind. What I'm getting at, Helena, is that I'm bored of going around in circles. I like controlling things, and at the moment you're being very indecisive, so I'm, uh, how can I say it, hurrying things along slightly. The door to the blight, and he gestures to the red door on your right, his left. Or to your mother, he gestures to the door on your left, where you heard the scream. As I said, these doors are not but symbolic. They will not actually follow through with your decision, but you must know it's one or the other, and I do love a mortal decision. And an eruption of black smoke after a second. (laughs) This creature, smoke ash, and the groans of hell itself seem to emanate from this gap in space. (laughs) Disappears, leaving the wooden chair just rocking on its legs for a second before the wooden chair stills itself. And you're left with these two doors and a wooden chair. Oh, there are other doors. Are they still blood red? They are still blood red. They're not covered in blood. They're just a like red. a burning. Just yeah, color. The, the red redness of blood, uh, so yeah. deep, deep yeah. um, red color. Both of them still surrounded by these etchings and markings. Blue light shining through the wooden boards beneath your feet. The smell of rosemary and lavender. And you have stood there. Two doors. The door to your right. The blight. The door to the left, mother. your mother. Claude, if I don't choose my mother... Well, okay, first things first. This is all inside my mind, it's not real. I can't... I can't think of this logically, because it's not logic. No. But if I... If I thought that I wanted to save my mother... Well, I, I hope to think that I would have found that path already. I feel that the blight is probably bigger, and if I defeat the Blight, then maybe my mother will be saved anyway. Yeah. 
what he said about it not being a decision you make now, but it's like a warm-up to the decision you're going to make later, I don't agree with it. What do you mean? Well, why don't we just make a third door where you get both? How do you do that? You think a bit more about it. You learn a bit more about it. Normally involves asking Robin and Drago a bit. Folly has a little chip in. Carstan's probably heard of something somewhere. But I don't think you've got to pick it. But we haven't got friends here at the moment. Our comrades no. are not to be seen. So where is our path? That very annoying Grizz tip. He, he said there's only two doors, but there might be a third door somewhere else. And it might mean, you know, you've got to think outside the box a bit. Like, you know, make your own path. That sort of saying. I understand. And with one look at both of these doors and the longing to touch them, I'll take a deep breath and walk back down the ladder. And walk away. Okay. And you're at the base of the stairs now. You're quicker to get down, actually. Um, you feel that maybe on the way up, this grass that was toying with you, making the ladder continually go up higher and higher, as it is only 30 feet off the ground. You do reach the base, and you uh, see the hallway to the north, which Claude had gone up, and then the gap to the east, which is also available. And also you have the pathways back you previously haven't uh, looked at. <laughs> Uh, let's go through the eastern pathway. And as you go through the eastern pathway, it's a wall directly in front of you and an option of north or south. Let's go north. As well. In the north, you walk all the way up, and I imagine you're probably doing this in silence, comes mm -hmm. to a dead end. goes all the way up to a dead end. And as you turn the corner to the dead end, half expecting maybe to see another family member turn up, there's nothing. Okay. Um, let's try the south. Yeah, she's just going to keep walking to the south. And again in silence. All the way to the south? Yeah. Uh, as you get all the way to the south, you come across a small alcove. Are you both going down there? Yeah. Probably, saying, yeah. Um, and as you come to that small area, you have a little look around and it ends again in two dead ends. And as you turn around to, to make a decision, look at each other, all of a sudden from the wall, but also from a thicket and some trees, which seem to have just appeared from the wall, these four ghouls <laughs> jump out at you, Claude instantly reminding you of your your time first meeting the master and being dragged, oh. being dragged and they come out and kind of pass through you almost like a, an ephemeral ghost of some description, but exactly the way it replays over and over in your mind, or had replayed over and over in your mind when it first happened, mm -hmm. and that <laughs> quickly disappears into nothing. And did I see that happen? Yeah, yeah you saw it. Did it go into a certain direction? It came from the north into the south wall. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to go check the south wall. I like it. Can I press against the south wall? Is it just solid stone? It's solid not like... stone. You can push against it if you want, absolutely. Just a little push. Yeah, do, do you want to do a strength <laughs> test or just literally just a just little, a little shimmy? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, it seems to feel solid, like mm. rock, like you'd expect it to feel. I thought that might be you. Like well, what was that? Clue. Oh, it's just a very scary thing. You know, you never know. You never know. We missed a door, though. Shall we check the door to the north? Yes, let's go back. 
You mean to the east? East now, yeah. So there's a pathway there, it's a 10 foot wide, and as you peek around the corner to the south, it's a dead end to the north, it continues up for quite some time with a double gap to the right, to the east. After you, Princess. I'm just wondering if we should go back to the doorway that we missed. It's up to you. Before we press on, I feel like we might be coming to the end. Well, if you want to get out, we can. But if you want to find out more, we can. No, I, I've changed my mind. We need to keep going. Let's keep going north. Are you sure? Yes. And as you approach that gap in the eastern side, you come across another very similar door to the door that you entered through. Just the silhouette, almost, but an anti-silhouette. So everything's dark except for this white silhouette of like an arched doorway that seems to be there. Stood there. See, Princess? You find a third door. And Helen is just going to walk through it. Wait for me. Darkness. As you step through, you hear a crack of rock and the sound of falling debris behind you. As you turn, you see sand-coloured, a sand-coloured entrance collapse and all of a sudden this sense of blinding sunlight hits your face. You can hear wind, you can hear, you can smell other smells apart from this now rather noxious smell of rosemary and lavender. You see what looked like some kind of entrance collapse down behind you that didn't really look like where you'd come from. The sun is beating down on you as you wince. As you turn back to face the way you were looking, you see the figures, the backs of Drago, Robin, Folly and Tali stood in front of you, staring up and away from you. The sun is suddenly blotted from the sky as this shadow crosses its path. And that's where we're going to leave it. For this week's episode of The Fellowship of the Tabletop. Thank you very much for joining us on a bumper episode uh, of our adventures through Helena's mind. I hope you've been just as baffled as I am. I mean, not me, I know what I'm doing. Kind of. As these guys are, and I hope you left plenty of food for thought. Thank you so much for make, what was say, making us a part of your everyday week. We appreciate the hell out of you. Um, I'm not taking the piss here, I promise. Well, maybe I am a little bit. Um, if you do want to follow us uh, on Twitter, you can do. We've got a kind of... Gro- I'm not very good at this. Groin. A gro- <laughs> groin. I hope we do. We've got um, a group Twitter got, you can follow us at. Which called... is at Fellowship Table. And you can follow Danny at... Uh, Total Party Thrills. You can follow Casey at... Unicorn Crit. And you can follow myself at... Oh, you follow everyone else. So you can follow... See, see if you remember. Danny, Danny can you remember? You can follow Will at... Natural 20 will. You can follow Darren at... Darren Page 06. Because one through five was taken. You can follow Ian at... I rolled A1. You can follow Callum at... The D20 Gamer. And you can follow me at... uh, Hastily Rolled DM. (laughs) And until next time, guys... Farewell. Farewell!